Welcome to Making the Music, a mostly classical music podcast about what and who are behind the music, the stories from around the world of musicians, conductors, composers, concert and festival organizers, educators, and maybe even the backstage life. Get a behind-the-scenes look at how we get the performances. The great and sometimes not so great. The unforgettable. And also, those probably better forgotten. Join us for Making the Music. Welcome to Making the Music, a mostly classical music podcast about what and who are behind the music, the stories from around the world of musicians, conductors, composers, concert and festival organizers, educators, and maybe even the backstage life. Get a behind-the-scenes look at how we get the performances, the great and sometimes not so great, the unforgettable, and also those probably better forgotten. Join us for Making the Music. Welcome to Making the Music. I'm Pete, your host, and today is a continuation of our talk with Maestro Vladimir Lande. All righty. Well, we're going to move on um, to our next topic. And these are two works um, that you've done. Um, this first one, uh, the Concerto for Chef and Orchestra. And it just, uh, when I first saw that, it reminded me of when I was in high school and I went to... Uh, uh, store and uh, was looking at uh, cassettes. Yes, I'm dating myself. I bought cassettes back then. Um, and it was a bunch of uh, different classical music. They had a whole series of this. Um, one was for Sunday brunch. One was for a romantic evening. And uh, obviously they, they, they handpicked these, these different music to fit with that. And then inside they had all these recipes you know, for you to make this romantic evening or for a Sunday brunch or whatever. And that was my first thought uh, of that. Um, and then also, uh, just recently with my, uh, with my students, we were discussing uh, a topic, some recent research that music can have a taste. And, uh, I mean, we've read about how, how music can have a color um, and how music can have uh, a taste as well, and perhaps even a smell. We'll get to smell in a minute. Um, so first of all, concerto, uh, concerto for Chef and Orchestra. Um, what is it? Because I really couldn't find anything about it. Uh, what is it? How did it come about? Uh, Etc. There's a recording on YouTube that I can send you the link to. Ah, 
Well, uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the idea came to me basically because I think that everybody who love music actually somehow uh, have a good taste in uh, cuisine. Okay. Or most of people who love music have a good taste in cuisine. And I thought it's kind of a natural thing to combine two. I, I also think that a good chef is like a composer um, that create out of the same ingredients uh, various uh, dishes. Mm -hmm. um, so you can get the same exact salt, pepper, and uh, I don't know, potato or whatever. And by changing the um, percentage of each, mm -hmm. right? Changing the sequel of what you put first and what you put last, uh, you can change the taste. Um, I have seen great chefs uh, at the workplace, and I think that they're really fantastic creators. I really admire them. And so I thought it's also a good fundraising piece. Mm -hmm. uh, the idea is that it's a mono opera for baritone and the orchestra. Okay. And baritone is also cooking right on stage. There's a stove on stage. Okay. And, and but and, and he is not a professional chef. He's not a professional chef, but okay. yeah, but of course he has mastered those three recipes. Appetizer, main course, and dessert, okay. which is makes uh, the composition of three movements basically. Ah, uh, okay, yes. <laughs> now, now, are are these uh, three recipes uh, uh, standard for every performance? Yes, okay. yes, yes. They are. They are because okay. he's also singing about what and how he's cooking. Okay. Um, the story. I have an Italian opera in my head right now. It's it's just going. It, uh, it's um, it's in a way very Italian. It's written by Saint Petersburg composer. Uh, Mikhail Krutik, okay. uh, who's a young composer, uh, really liked the idea. The libretto, the, the actual plot of that, is not very happy. Uh, the, the, this guy is, of course, in love, because what, what else could be? It's music and, and cooking. Uh -huh. Of course, it's about love. He's really in love, and he's cooking for that particular woman. Okay. And we understand at the end that she probably doesn't love him in return. And also, at the end, we understand that she has been, um, by the time he's cooking the dessert, we understand that she's not being uh, very well. She, she has been sick, mm -hmm. and he's trying to make her feel better and more optimistic. We don't know if she has survived, if she had survived at the end. Because uh, at the end... So there's a sequel. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> so at the end, the chef is actually taking his suitcase and he's leaving. He's leaving to to see her. And we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but uh, the story starts with caprese, which is tomato mozzarella okay. dish. Then it's a pasta dish. I'm hungry now. You realize. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had supper the, yet the, tonight. So. The, main, the main course is a pasta. Okay. And... Um, the dessert is a panna cotta. And everything is cooked right on stage, with the exception of panna cotta, because it has to chill in a refrigerator for several hours. Ah, okay, so, so we, that's we, not going to work. So <laughs> we, we do cook it on stage. So he does cook it on stage, but we have like... You a, have it already prepared. I have it already prepared. We have it already prepared. 
And why I said that this is a good uh, fundraising piece, because uh, everybody who bought uh, tickets. Ex- expensive tickets, ah, they, can, right, right. they can try the dish dishes. That was my next question. Was uh, um, because I didn't know if this was like a, a one-time concert thing or what, or you know, uh, so everybody gets to see this and they get hungry, uh, and especially if there's a intermission or something that. Uh, but so everybody gets to go out and and they get to eat this. Then. Right, right. There's no intermission. Goes um, all three movements go going ataka or with no okay. interruption. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, so the whole thing is about forty-five minutes long. Okay, uh, but at the end. At the end, when everything is cooked, uh, uh, people can try the dish. Now, dishes, uh, uh, so he's cooking this on stage. Um, and, sing, he, and singing. And, uh, right, and singing. Sorry. Uh, um, I, I have another scene from a movie in my head, but I'm not going <laughs> to, <I'm not, laughs> I'll just leave that alone. Um, is he making uh, for everybody, or he's just making like a, 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 a two, two-person version on stage, and, some, and we have... He is not making huge quantity of it, of course. So, so that's why I said that you have only, a kitchen also, also. Doing, no, 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 no. But that's why I said that people who who bought the most expensive tickets, ah, they can try it. They can try it. They, <laughs> yes. they get a little finger sized. Uh, right, 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 right. So it's it's not the it's not the free dinner okay. <laughs> thing. All right, it's uh, it's about performance okay. more. Yeah. Um, has the food ever been burned? No. No. no, no, no. Actually, uh, recipes are very safe. And, uh, <laughs> okay. Ah. <laughs> uh, well, I don't don't ever say there's no way because there's always a way. <laughs> but right, right. But, but theoretically, there's no way. Theoretically, there is no way because the pasta should be cooked absolutely perfectly. It's time to the music. So actually, I thought it's a good idea, you know, if you have your, uh, like, if, you, if you're boiling eggs and if you like them <laughs> in a certain particular way, sure. if you know the piece of music that uh, time-wise is the same as cooking time for those eggs, you can turn it on now on, the, on your phone and enjoy the music. And, you know, by the end of the music, your eggs cooked exactly a particular way. And there we are, right on. So um, take it from a musician. Okay. <laughs> um all right, and then uh, to the uh, last one. Um, so there we're talking about music and taste. Um, the fragrance of sound. The fragrance of the sound. There are only two uh, substances that are going into our emotional part of brains mm-hmm. uh, and then filtering into cerebral part of brains. So this is a uh, sound and a smell. Mm-hmm. Those two things are going into emotional part of brains first. Everything else in the world goes to cerebral part first and then filtered into emotional part of the brains. And also, um, people who make fragrance, mm-hmm. uh, they call themselves composers. And they also call ingredients out of which they make fragrances a note of Ah well, yes, of course we can we can uh, uh, say that about um, well, of course, also with taste when we have wines, this has a woody note or whatever. But right, also, right. also with uh, uh, fragrances, I've heard that uh-huh. right. So the note of lavender, the note of pepper, the mm-hmm. note of this and that. So uh, I thought it would be a, an interesting idea to put those two um, together. 
Okay. And so you have fragrance and you have a sound. And so I have contacted some of the perfumers of um, France. Mm -hmm. Some of them work for as uh, as famous companies as Givenchy. Um, and I have offered them a possibility of joint performance. Mm -hmm. So they made perfume based on the music that I am conducting. Ah, okay. Uh, and with the technologies now, uh, they can make perfume in what we call a sonata form. What is sonata form? We have uh, exposition. Right. That's the whole smell comes mm -hmm. out. Then development, mm -hmm. where note of this or note of that is prevailing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then we have a recapitulation mm -hmm. when the whole smell comes back together. So in case of Shahrazad, uh -huh. there's a first there's a motif of, of uh, Shah Shahriar. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, and so the whole uh, smell, Eastern-like mm -hmm. smell, comes. Um, from this perfume, uh, and then during the playing, there's note of this and note of that and note of that comes out, and then at the end, the perfume comes back together. And perfumer, uh, the creator, comes on stage and he teaches uh, audience how to apply the perfume that is um, distributed with tickets. Okay. When they come in mm -hmm. with a small uh, taste testers, right, you right, know, the right. blotters. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, where to apply it, how to, when to open the bottle and how to, how to behave during the performance with that. And the interesting thing that it's a very unique experience because of course, perfume reacts with the biological substances of bodies. Sure, sure. Uh, and hopefully in a good way. Well, yeah, yes. <laughs> so, uh, I, uh, I've done those performances in, in several cities around the world and I always get absolutely incredible response of course there are women mainly that <laughs> that wants want to come to that performance especially because the perfumes that we're distributing are unique are unique they're not sold in any stores sure and also uh they bringing their husbands their boyfriends their children uh their loved ones um to that performance so this is for us the way to bro broader the base of our audience. Uh, but uh, probably the longest response that I've ever got to any of my projects was to that project. Because like years after the concert uh, in in St. Petersburg, I, I'm, I'm still getting emails and texts from, from various uh, members of the audience, you know, about their experience, how the perfume um, became uh, a really desirable uh, smell desirable perfume for, for the rest of their lives, you know, how they um, think of the music now in a very mm -hmm. different way and uh, how much they wish to come to the next performance. Mm -hmm. And so, I I mean, I've done the Shahrazad, but I've done many other pieces based on the same concept. So I think it's a very interesting story. It's, uh, uh, it's a little bit... Uh, out of the mainstream music, you know, serious music way, but um, it it really gives uh, people an access into the classical music that otherwise they wouldn't get into. Sure, um, and of course you mentioned uh, mainstream. Out of the mainstream, I think probably in the last thirty to thirty-five years, 
the mainstream of classical music has just started to kind of disintegrate. Um, and, and one of the things, I think, is because so many of the current uh, musicians have... I mean, there, there's often this, this uh, highbrow. Classical music is highbrow and whatnot. And, you know, back, say, 50 years ago, uh, a classical musician, uh, well, do you... Listen to the Beatles or something. Oh no, that I don't listen to that. I'm a classical musician. I'm an artist. But now you have, uh, and not only uh, uh, people younger who who listen and who grew up on so many different kinds of music, classical or whatever, but they're coming from so many different countries, and so you're getting their folk influences uh, that they listen to, and uh, you know, even even musicians now you know, have varied interests in their hobbies. Uh, I just today saw about, uh, I don't remember what she plays. I almost want to say the oboe again, but she also boxes. Um, Okay. But so I think this, this, yeah, there's still a mainstream, but the the barriers have have largely been broken down because we see classical uh, musicians involved in in various different projects that are outside of that and that also uh, bring people in. Uh, I I think it's a good thing. Uh, I always thought of classical music as much broader substance than what people or musicians, my fellow musicians, think of. I think classical music is uh, everywhere. Uh, And nowadays, of course, it's in the movies. And movies had... Uh, uh, saved classical music in many ways because this atonal music that was very popular thanks to experiment of Schoenberg um, uh, and thanks to his ability to teach because his students well, got yes, he was a, uh, key, key positions in many uh, universities and many conservatories. And so that um, led to this uh, huge occupation uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, um, taken over, I should say, uh, classical music field by this atonal music. I still, our ears and our senses are more um, receptible to the tonal music. Uh, atonal absolutely has right to 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 place. be has its place, but shouldn't be everything. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. And so the tonal music has survived uh, in the movies. Uh, uh, at least in United States, and uh, thanks to composers who have who had written for good music for the mo- for the movies, and of course in the movies, composers used lots of stuff for uh, for the sound, not just for the sound of the music, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but for the sound track. Yeah? Sure, sure, and that makes the 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 field of classical music much broader. So it could be, I don't know, for uh, six minutes of the movies, it, it could be something with no strings, no woodwinds, and mm-hmm. not no really percussions. It, it could be some kind of instrument or electronic stuff that creates some kind of uh, sound mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. is appropriate for that particular part of the movie. But that is becoming part of the script, uh, music script for the for the whole movie. And so it becomes... Um, something that belongs to classical music at the end. Sure, sure. Um, 
and I I really like that. Uh, also, if you look at the uh, score of best composers of nowadays, you'll see very eclectic stuff. You basically look at at the page, and on the same page, you see tonal and atonal, and jazzy, and uh, very much something baroque mm-hmm, mm-hmm. could be at the same time, and that's the sign of the well-written contemporary piece uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. where composers are very well educated. They, they basically, uh, in, uh, they could be in charge of any style of music. And so they put everything together, eclectically together and, uh, beautiful new music comes out. And I think that's the way of the future mm-hmm. for the, for the classical music. Right on. Okay. Um, to wrap up here, uh, before uh, I came down here, I was just uh, looking at um, some latest news, and I saw that the BBC Music Magazine has their awards nominations uh, listed. Um, and so the, the categories are orchestral, uh, premier, uh, newcomer, uh, choral, chamber, opera, can't remember what else um and so i was i was uh uh, scrolling through the names absolutely knew nobody i feel kind of stupid um but uh several of 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 the works that were nominated looked interesting but one guy um because we're talking about this uh classical music uh um expanding its boundaries uh the one guy that that caught my uh attention was see if I can find his name here. Cellist. Um, I'm probably going to murder his name. Um, Abel Seleokoe, or Abel Seleokoe. Um, South African cellist. Um, what first caught me is he's collaborated on this with Yo-Yo Ma, and I'm a huge Yo-Yo Ma fan. Um, great artist. Great one artist. day I'll meet him, maybe. Um, but in on this album, it looks like he's, uh, and not only on this, but he's done a lot of this combination. Um, crossover. Crossover. This, I guess fusion is really uh, the right. best term. Um, and so I want to look at this album and um, give it a listen to. Um, but that's just another example of how... Uh, Classical music expands, breaks boundaries, uh, incorporates other things and takes it and makes it part of classical music. Um, I, I think uh, classical music is coming back to its roots uh, because if you, if you take something of a Mozart time, uh, most of cadences for concertos hasn't been written by composers. It's been improvised sure, sure. by performers. Um, later, um, performers were using same cadences over and over and less improvising themselves. And I think we're coming to that more improvisational time. Also, if you think of a Baroque um, time, time of a Baroque architecture, Baroque paintings, Baroque music, mm-hmm. uh, you'll find something very unusual. You'll You'll find very much asymmetrical works. Even if you look at the churches Mm -hmm. of Baroque time, you'll see very asymmetrical 
architecture. It could be angels that are placed over windows, not exactly like two faces of angels would be placed in the wings, but not very symmetrically. Mm. It could be that the bell tower would be placed in a way that the whole uh, structure would look very asymmetrical, at least from one point of view. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It could be very asymmetrical inside. The the, the music uh, of uh, Baroque period of Mm -hmm. time was much less symmetrical than nowadays, like the, the... the introduction in the classical music is done by uh, eight bars motif or mm-hmm. 16 bars mm-hmm. or sometimes 10 bars or 12 bars. Sure, sure. Uh, even uh, amount of bars, right? right? right. It, during Baroque time, it was much freer structure. It could be three bars. It could be seven bars. It could be nine bars. It could be anything, mm-hmm. basically. So I think this, this leads into much more... Um, improvisational style of performance. Okay. I never thought of that. Um, so, yeah. So, I would say that Baroque time is a time of asymmetrical um, arts. And it's very interesting. If you think of that that way, you'll understand the greatness of Baroque um, period of, of arts. And you, you see the same thing in the paintings like uh, even in uh, portraits uh, during Baroque time, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you will see much more asymmetrical structures and construction and, and, and compositions. So uh, now when we're coming to uh, a freer uh, crossover stuff, so it's, uh, it comes to that asymmetrical things again in many ways, in many ways. But basically, again, uh, I think the time now is to use everything that we know. So we shouldn't uh, only dedicate things to classical or neoclassical or or Baroque or neo-Baroque or jazz or that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or soul. We can use everything. And so classical music has become much broader uh, substance, much broader way of expressing emotions of expressing and and transmitting energy than ever before and that's a good thing um and it allows it to reach more people more people and and uh, uh we talked about the the sound uh, um you know getting into the emotional sphere of the brain and it allows more people to experience this good music Exactly, exactly. And then it allows people to open that particular door that they can use Mm -hmm. into classical music. And speaking of uh, opera or ballet or movies, uh, it's also uh, this, this, that door that could be opened. Let's say somebody went into the movies Mm -hmm. and and in a soundtrack, there's a uh, movement from Beethoven Symphony. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it comes uh, quite often uh, in the movies. Um, or Brahms Symphony, or this, or or Bach, mm-hmm. and of course there's interest uh, that's created by that uh, particular event for the person to actually get to the roots of that and find that particular piece and listen to that mm-hmm. in, in in its entirety, rather than just one moment, let's say. Sure, or 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 a a, a, a two minute uh, blip of it. Yeah, exactly, and and it could be affiliated with a picture and and or or. Uh, plot of the movie mm-hmm. and that's all right and that's all right but uh it's that particular door that person opens 
into the classical music. And as we know, classical music has that particular way of uh, filtering out negativity, um, balancing off uh, the psychology of mm-hmm. the person, you know, the emotional part of brains, and uh, uh, it, it's it it has no negative side effects, only positive. So I would encourage everybody to find their particular door into the classical music and use it. <laughs> right on, very good. Well, we're about out of time here. Well, not about we pretty much are out of time. So uh, once again, I'd like to thank you for being with us here today, and. We hope to collaborate in the future. I have some more topics I'd like to uh, discuss with you, but for now, uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, Join and listen to this. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and we're going to get some other guests that we're quite certain you will enjoy as well. 